This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Wish you could fish more, anywhere, anytime. Rod Geeks, a St. Croix Rod's partner, has developed a 42-inch one-piece travel rod designed and built with the same technology found in St. Croix Rods. This travel rod is offered as a kit that comes with the RG42 rod, spinning reel, fishing line, pliers, and tackle tray. All in a case with space for your wallet, phone, and fishing license. Just grab and go. Perfect to keep in your pickup, car, or RV. This shorty performs much like a longer rod, but is compact enough for easy storage and for on-the-go use. Make this the summer you fish more. RodGeeks.com Guidefitter is the industry network for professional outdoor guides and outfitters. The trusted destination for consumers seeking and sharing guided hunting and fishing experiences of a lifetime and the enterprise influencer marketing platform for outdoor brands. Guidefitter and its members represent the pulse of the guided hunting and fishing industry. Guidefitter's outdoor partners provide discounts to select types of outdoor professionals, including game wardens, members of the military, guides, outfitters, and other outdoor professionals. Over 145 brand partners and counting. Gear across many categories, including packs, footwear, clothing, flashlights, knives, optics, even firearms and ammo. For more information, go to guidefitter.com slash wardenswatch. That's wardenswatch, all one word. I'm game warden Wayne Saunders, and I'm a member of Guidefitter. This podcast is brought to you by Maine Operation Game Thief. Please join me, game warden Wayne Saunders and other game wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. 
This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Warden's Watch, episode 26, Abe, Pennsylvania Game Commission. This podcast couldn't have been at a better time. Because as I'm listening to it, I think, hey, this is a recruitment podcast. This is telling people where Abe came from and how he became a game warden. And the basic desires that got him there. And do you have those basic desires? Are you in school to be a game warden? Are you in the military getting out and thinking about being a game warden? Because I know you guys and girls are out there listening. I know it because you're reaching out to me. You're asking me questions. You're engaging. And every time that there is a opening nationwide to take a test or to have a roster started, I'm going to try to put it on my Facebook page. So stay in touch with that Facebook page. Look at it. As if California is sending me something or it's posted on social media to recruit game wardens, I'm going to repost that. I'm going to be a source for you guys. I want to be that source. I want to be that help to these agencies to get highly qualified people, motivated people, motivated people like you listening to my podcast. And for those that it's not a possibility to be a game warden, it's in your heart. That's why you're listening. And to get to know these people that are the future of our occupation is both satisfying and it's satisfying for a retired game warden to know what the next generation is and to know that they are cut from the same cloth. They may not be the same pattern, but they are cut from the same cloth, have the same desires, have the same interests. They may be doing it a different way. And I always got to remember that it can be done a different way. It's pretty awesome that this timing because Pennsylvania is recruiting game wardens. So this could be your opportunity. Unfortunately, if you're listening to this podcast six months from now, it's probably going to be a close. So it is open currently till February 25th, 2020. So that's February 25th, 2020. Pennsylvania is accepting applications for game wardens. And I'll tell you, Pennsylvania is rocking. They, they just did this study and re- renamed themselves game wardens. They, they took a panel of people and asked them what a conservation officer was, what was an environmental police officer, and what was a game warden. And it seemed like everybody related to what a game warden was. We have branded ourselves through history as game wardens. And that's why it's called Warden's Watch. Every now and then, somebody confuses me with a warden of a prison when they hear warden's watch because they're unfamiliar. But when they hear warden and they relate it to fish and wildlife, it's game warden. And we consistently brand ourselves as conservation officers, as environmental police with that general term game warden. Pennsylvania has put that on their trucks again. Let's put it on their badge. They are branding game warden because that's what their constituents and the general public are relating to. Awesome. I love when there's there's something behind the reason we do something. I love it that we take and we ask questions and then we take those answers and we apply them. That's very important because sometimes we get answers that we don't like, so we don't apply them. Maybe it takes a little more of the further investigation, but we need to take all that information gathered and apply it in a positive manner. This is, this is no different. Uh, Abe's interview is inspiring to me as a retired game warden to know that this is the next generation. And it was inspiring to Mark Rukowski from Pennsylvania. He wrote up with Abe. He heard his story. He said, Wayne, you should really interview this kid. He's got a compelling story where he came from, where he's, where he's gone, 
what he's done, and now he's a game warden. And for Mark to be compelled said something to me. It said, Wayne, you had to do an interview with this kid because I respect what Mark says. So I did. And I was I can see what Mark saw. And you too will see what Mark and I saw. And it's just uh, it's enlightening and and it's educational to me. And yeah, it was a very, very good podcast. And it's a great timing for Pennsylvania because I think it's like a recruitment podcast. If you want to be a game warden in Pennsylvania, Abe tells you how to go it step by step. And then the process and then getting assigned and the fulfillment and how fulfilling it is. So I just want to thank Abe. Thank uh, the Pennsylvania guys down there. They do a great job. Um, And I'm hoping that we can bump up your recruitment with qualified individuals that listen to Warden's Watch. Thank you. So I think this is going to be a follow-up podcast from a supervisor, Pennsylvania supervisor, Mark. And I'm going to pursue his name again, as I always do, Rutkowski. Rutkowski. Yeah, you're right. um, But Mark Mark kind of put me on to... uh, Abe here as an interview, and after doing my pre-interview, I, I, I really understand what Mark, Mark sees, and his real name is Praveed Abraham, correct? Yeah, that's right. You've got some ethnic... Yeah, my, my dad is from uh, Kerala, which is in South India, and my dad is... Uh, I'm sorry, my mother is from Guyana, which is South America. So. South America, the gold... Ca- the only reason I know Guyana is because of yeah. Gold Rush. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. It's either that or Jim Jones, so I'm glad it, it was... Uh, it was Gold was Rush. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, um, but uh, I know what a beautiful country that is, too. You know, just, uh, you know, Mark was said, you know, he, the first time he heard your story was coming up from uh, Pennsylvania to attend the Maine Warden Field Day. Yeah. And uh, he was just blown away with it. And he's like, you know, you should really, you should really talk to Abe because, uh, I, you know, it's, it's such a connection I think you have with uh, the understanding of the outdoors because from where you came from. And if we could just share where you came from, Abe. Uh, well, I was, a, I was born in um, Valhalla, New York. So I'm originally from Yonkers, New York which uh, is a large city. I believe it's the third largest city in New York. Don't quote me on that, but it is quite... Pushed up against a lot of other cities. <laughs> yeah, it's concrete jungle. It's yeah. right. People always confuse it with New York City. And when I think when I say I'm from New York, they assume it's that. But it's right outside of the Bronx. Uh-huh. Um, not a lot of trees. Biggest park we had there that I knew of was Tim- Tibbetts Brook Park and uh, Van Cortlandt Park, which is more in the Bronx. But mm-hmm. I always grew up really liking the outdoors. That's but, where you uh, guys went to see green is the park, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And um, it wasn't always green, if you get my drift. It was a lot of pollution and people just not taking care of it. So, yeah, not um, appreciating it. Yeah, not really. Yeah. And, and it wasn't hiking trails. It was just like a city park, but that that's mm-hmm. what worked for my family and I. Uh, both of my parents worked really hard. And that's hard for me to understand because I, you know, I never had that connection to a park. I've, you know, I've always had the woods. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. The the park and I think my grandparents' half acre backyard was probably the most I got when it, it came wow. to the outdoors. Yeah. Nice. Never did Boy Scouts. Never had any opportunity for that kind of stuff. My parents worked a lot, so I was kind of left alone a lot. But always really enjoyed animals and nature. Uh, my family, both of them came from, I guess you would consider rural areas in in their respective countries. countries. So, uh-huh. and my grandpa, my grandfather would tell me stories about hunting in the jungle and stuff. So really, yeah, because That's neat. Guyana is mostly, um, undeveloped, very, very so, jungly. Yeah. So yeah. he would tell me stories about that and it was always kind of far off. And, you know, I always wonder like if I could do something like that, it'd be pretty cool. But, mm-hmm. uh, family wasn't into guns, wasn't into firearms, wasn't into hunting. So I never really learned any, any of that stuff. I actually showed my dad how to shoot a 22. 
when I was in my Did they meet 20s. in New York after they immigrated? Yeah. Um, my dad and mother met in college, but um, mm-hmm. their whole thing wasn't all that great, so uh, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. But um, they met in college and stayed in Yonkers. That's where my grandparents set up after they moved out of the Bronx. It was a good... It was a good spot to learn from and especially to have them there. So, I mean, but we didn't really go out to the woods very often. I, I don't believe we ever went camping or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. But from the Bronx to being a, a game warden for the Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Never that's... in my wildest dreams, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's quite a journey, I think, uh, to, to, to get out of the concrete jungle and into the green jungle, so to speak. Yeah. I am. Um, I was I had gone to college when I got into, when I was younger I had gone to a boarding school came back went to college at a young age I think it was like seventeen when I went to college and um, and finished I, in three years yeah because I never took time off I if I do something I like to just go ahead and do it I don't like to take time off mm-hmm. and uh, I was already out of my house I had an apartment I was you know I was working and I had a, I had to go to college so I figured I'd just get it done mm-hmm. so um, I got it done in like three years and at that point I was with my girlfriend, which is currently my wife now, and um, I was working in, you know, a big event came up. She got really sick, and I didn't like what I was doing. I was working in an office and a pharmacy and just kind of just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed the outdoors, and, I, you know, she got sick, and I thought, man, life is too short to be doing stuff you don't want to be doing. That is you so know? true. Yeah, and especially if you're not happy about it, so... We had been to Pennsylvania a couple times before. Love Waffle House, so we'd driven out here for that. <laughs> and we um, we thought, you know, uh, what do we want to do? And I, I had said that I always wanted to work on a farm. I always liked animals, and being on a farm is, is pretty much, it's very close to living to the land. You have to understand it. You have to spend a lot of time intimately with it, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of effort there. There's a lot of hard work involved, and I enjoy that. So, uh, As well I, as the products it creates. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and you Who get doesn't? to be part of that and yeah. see it, see and your own food and life how cycle. it's treated. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, I found a farm that was uh, organic livestock and dairy farm outside of Hamburg, outside of which most people know Hamburg for Cabela's, which is the sporting yeah. goods store. Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Yep, and uh, I, I I had gone out there to interview them, and you know I'd never been fired from a job. I was hardworking, and uh, gusto was kind of the thing that that's what sells me. I, I think so. I went there and told them <laughs> that that. You know, I'd be willing to work. It was pretty straightforward. I've never worked on a farm. Here's here's my deal. I want to get out here. I want to change my life, and I'm more than willing to work and do whatever. It's got to get done. That's just yeah. That's my motto. So just teach me how to do it. Exactly. Show me once, and I'll do my best. And mm-hmm. if I mess up, I'll I'll learn not to do that again. So um, worked on the farm. Lived in a cabin on their property. Uh, no running water. Wood stove. I thought it was awesome. Um, funny story about that. One time my dad, my sister came to visit. My wife was still living in New York at that point until we had moved over. I was showing my sister and she's she's along the same lines as me. She's, oh, this is so cool. This is really neat. This is, you know. My dad was standing there shaking his head and I go, dad, what's wrong? And he goes, I just, I moved away from India so you wouldn't have to live like this. <laughs> and I, I just remember, you know, I guess I guess it's a valid point. I could see uh-huh. that. But at the same time, I thought, you know, well, you know, if I can make it here, I can really, I can do this. You yeah. Know, I can do anything. Getting back to the basics, so yeah. to speak. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't over the top, but it was, it was enjoyable. There's, you work hard and there's small moments where you just enjoy what you're doing. And, yeah. you know, overall, obviously, I enjoy the experience. There's times when I would take in the cattle and I'd just be walking this field and, there's no one else around. The breeze is going in the in the pasture, and you can smell summer. You know, yeah. you know, if you've been out in a field in summer, it's you know what it smells like, and mm-hmm. it's just 
you can smell it and you think, man, this is this is what it's this, this is, is where it's at. Yeah, you know, this is living coming from the concrete jungle yeah. to the farm. Yeah, and it was awesome. Uh, but I worked there for a while, and my problem was that I was willing to do pretty much anything at any time. So it always asked you to do this, do that, yeah. This, that. And it, you know, it wasn't so much of a problem with my bosses, but my um, my fellow coworkers kind of took advantage of that, and it mm-hmm. got to a point where they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, and um, they got rid of them. So it was just me for a long time, and. I didn't see my wife very much and uh, also didn't do any things that you have to do, like have health care or that when you're an adult. So mm-hmm. uh, I ended up having to leave that. And, you know, it was a hard decision, but at the same time, it was it was right for that time. Right. And I got a job working in a warehouse. When I was working in a warehouse, it was a good job. I made really good money. Mm-hmm. My wife and I moved out from Allentown from where we were living, and we moved down to the outside of Philly, so like Montgomery County yeah. in Pennsylvania. And... um it was just, it was a lot of going into a factory and, or I should say a warehouse and doing work all day and then leaving real late. While I was there, I met a guy that, uh, you know, really is into hunting and fly fishing and everything. And I expressed like, oh, you know, I really, I love the outdoors. I love being outside. And we became friends and he um, kind of convinced me to take my hunter ed and, uh, you know, learn about hunting the right way instead of some ways that people can. Right. And, um, I, he took me out a couple times. Our schedule, the only bad thing about it was since we our, our main business was, was corrugated boxes, so we, we were really busy during the shipping season, which is you know, yeah. the holiday season. Yeah, Amazon wants a ton of boxes. Yes. Yeah. So we could never take off for any, like to go out and hunt deer or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we went out pheasant hunting, squirrel, small game, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I, I love doing it. Every time I, they would go out fishing and I could work our, my schedule to do it, I would do it. So I... I Kept buying my hunting license, kept going out whenever I could. You know, sometimes I'd go out in the morning or go out in the afternoon with my dog and just try to get squirrels. And, you know, you you do what you can, especially nowadays. People have to work a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up doing that for a couple of years. And my buddy told me, hey, you know, the, the wardens are, you know, the game commission's hiring. Why don't you try to be a warden? I thought, dude, I'm not good enough for that. Like, I don't yeah. There's guys who have hunted all their lives. They've, they've right. been grown up in it. You know, I can't compete with that. Yeah. And he says, well, what's the problem, man? If you put in for it and you don't get it, you're in no worse a position than you are now. You are now. Yeah. So I thought, hey, he's right. I mean, no. you don't get anywhere by never trying. So I put in for the test and it was, you know, I took the test and I thought, oh, man, I can't. Like, I, I bombed that. You know, it was a waste of time. Why did I drive out here? And letter comes about a month or a couple months later and says, Hey, you know, you're, you've been approved for, or you, you know, you passed the testing. We want you to show up here. Yeah. And I didn't realize the seriousness of this, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a great job and the people here take it very serious. And I didn't realize that. And I've never had an experience before with a warden really. Uh, Obviously I've been checked in the field, but I never, nor any other law enforcement job. Oh no, definitely not. No, I never considered myself to be in law enforcement ever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't take it that seriously, but I just, I've always just kind of done my own thing. That's just how yeah. I like to do things. So it sounded like maybe you weren't aware either yeah, yeah. of how serious it yeah, was. No, and, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, everybody was congratulatory, but they weren't, uh, they, no one told me, Hey man, you really should clean up your act. So I, I, <laughs> I took a day off to do the testing. My wife came with me, she drove and I had a book with me. I told her, Hey, you know, go hang out while I go take care of this. And I had jeans on and a flannel shirt and I show up to the interview with, a beard thinking, hey, you know, they just want to talk to me. I didn't realize it was an oral test. It wasn't, you know, mm. it wasn't putting anything too serious. I show up and everybody's got clean cut haircuts and they're wearing suits. And I think, oh, wow, I messed up. Mm. <laughs> like, this is it. This is the farthest I've got right now. Right. And I went in and 
I actually, what was that oral interview like? I so mean, it's it was a couple parts. They had um they just did scenario based trainings, and then mm-hmm. at one point they had a um like a screen playing with a with a, a scenario with a hunter, and how mm-hmm. would you react? And then there another thing was so it was uh, kind of interactive. You had yeah, to say yeah, it, you interacted with the screen more so, but um and then also the interviewers were from the game commission, mm-hmm. so they were actual people that worked in the game commission. They would ask you, hey, you know, you have a scenario, for example, um you are starting your shift at 8 o'clock. There's X, Y, Z that has to get done. You have a deputy coming on at a certain time. Uh, also, you found out there's a dead deer near school and the school comes out at 3 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. How, how do you go about your day? How do you even plan your day at that? Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there and thinking, okay, well, this is what I would do. But, I mean, and that's how I would do it. you picked it yeah, apart. That's, that's how I would do it. Well, I took the test and I thought, oh, man, well, I look like a schmuck compared to everybody else. I'm definitely not getting very far. So... I went back and told my friend the same exactly I just told you. Hey, man, I look like a complete schmuck. Everybody else was completely cleaned up, and I look like I did not belong there. It was fun while it lasted. And the uh-huh. letter just came through again. Like, hey, you need, you need to take the physical. You need to do this. You need to do this. And it kept happening. And every time I would say that to my friend, I don't know if it was more so, hey, I didn't want to build it up in my mind that I could fail, you know, to get too right. excited about it. But um, at one point... But, but it was building up inside. It was. It was. It was building up. And I, every step of the way, I just couldn't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. wow, wow. Um, at one point, they did a background investigation where they interviewed all my friends and they went and talked did to they go people to Yonkers? in my school. They did. And it, wow. <laughs> the funny part was they... I think they called my... Yeah, they called my dad. Uh-huh. And I hadn't told my family in Yonkers about this because I didn't want to get their hopes up there, you know. Um, but they called my dad and afterwards, you know, they asked him questions about, I guess, my childhood and my mm-hmm. how I act and so forth. And... Um, he ended up calling me, and I got a call from my dad, and realizing what was going on, he said, hey, you know, uh, I just got a call from an, an officer from the game commission. Are you in trouble? And I said, no, Dad, I'm not. He's like, well, he was asking a lot of questions about you. I just want to make sure. I said, no, Dad, no. I, I applied for a job, and I'm pretty far in the process, so I just, he's doing a background. He's like, oh, I just wasn't sure. They called, and I thought, should we get a lawyer? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, Dad. Yeah, yeah he's totally investigating fine. my son, all yeah, right. exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, we, I, I ended up getting to the academy, and you know there was a big that was both exhilarating and scary at the same time. You know? How about? I mean, I can remember when I got my call. I got a letter. I got, got a letter. letter. Yeah. So I didn't... yeah, I got a letter in the mail. Well, they had come and interviewed my wife and I at my house, and uh-huh. you know I was nervous, obviously, and I told him I was frank with him about everything. My wife was even more nervous. She's really nervous, especially in meeting new people. But mm-hmm. um, I told her like, hey, you know, just be straightforward. Be honest with them. Whatever you ask. And I have, ended up leaving my house while she was there talking to them. I wasn't even in the house. I was walking around with my dog mm-hmm. until they told me, hey, you can come back in the house. So, and she had asked, you know, what do I say? Just be honest. At the end of the day, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, you know, I've never done anything super, anything super bad. So like at the end of the day, just, yeah. Just tell them what you got to tell them. Tell them whatever the truth is. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you lie, you it does a lot more worse uh, to you than anything else. No yeah. one can keep a lie straight. No, with. they can't. I'm sure and you know that not, by yeah. now. And it's not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, I've always gotten a lot more respect from people just being straightforward. And hey, I messed up. Yeah, you know, yeah, person can admit that and move forward. But if you lie, you're just digging yourself a digger hole. Absolutely. So, um, Get used to being lied to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am ready. So we went. To, I got the letter, and it was. It was amazing. I remember telling everybody, like, hey, I got in, but it, it's scary. Yeah, and what did the time. letter say? Be here at this time, this it day? It said uh, you were accepting the school of, uh, Ross Leffler School of Conservation. You have to report at this time. Uh, there'll mm-hmm. be an open house beforehand. So I remember that was excitation, you know, show up on this time for the open house. Please don't be late, so forth. 
Did, did uh, you know what you were getting to, into? I that? had no clue. I had, no. It just said it was a paramilitary kind of academy. Uh huh. And I remember going with my wife. So you wife. googled that, right? Well, I had been in a boarding <laughs> school when I was a kid. I got into some trouble, and I, you know, I didn't okay. always toe the line. But I, I went to a boarding school, so I was kind of used to that. You know, walking lines, uh-huh. speak when spoken to. Yeah. You know. Um, so it was so, kind of prep. Yeah, it was kind of prep for it. And you know, I'm Interesting. at that time I was 29 when I got into the academy. I turned 30 in the academy, and it wasn't that far fetched to me. Like I was kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, physical fitness is really big to me, so I've always enjoyed that. So we went in for the for the orientation. My wife was there and looking through, and I just saw in our academy. Have you ever been there? No, I have not. Well, we're gonna have to make sure that changes. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> in in the halls of our academy, we have pictures of every class has gone through. Wow. Yeah. And, and the how gay many commission classes? started in 1895, so I was the 31st class. Uh huh. Okay. And we started. I want to say the 1920s, 1930s is when wow. our academy started. Yeah. There's pictures of every class. That's Every neat. group of graduating wardens on the walls of our class. So when you walk through every day in the academy, you're seeing the men that preceded you. Uh, men and women, I should say, that yep. preceded you. The history. Exactly. And I'm sure there's a progression there from men, 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 yes. men, to men, women, women yeah. some women mixed in, more women mixed in, yeah. to the point where your picture hangs there. Yeah. And are you the first? I'm the first uh, ethnic warden. We'll say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... In the state of Pennsylvania. It's cool. It was pressure. Progression. It, was, it was pressure. It was cool and per- pressure. Yeah, I, I'm because sure it was. Because, you know, there's, there's been other guys that got into the academy, but it at the end of the day, I never was treated any differently. Yeah. No one ever brought that up. I brought that up more than anyone else because yeah. it was just... It was funny. I mean, it was a way to relate to people. It's, and it's and a just knowing you a little, it. I think the pressure that you felt was from yourself because... Yeah. You want to do it right. Yeah. yeah. And you're a sponge. You want to learn. Yeah. Well, Here, Here's was, the kid from the concrete jungle... That getting was the into thing. be a game warden, yeah, and you were trying to learn everything, and you know, college in three years, you're a smart guy. Well, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll call you a smart guy. You don't yeah, have to call I yourself yeah, a smart guy, but I, if I if I'm following you after meeting you, you're, you're like sucking a big sponge, sucking all this information in, which can be overwhelming. It was, and our academy is intensive. It's 51 weeks. Uh, the first, that is, I intensive. think, six months are um, just going over. Biology, land management, trees, animal yeah. behavior, and but just, what a great academy! It's for amazing. You. It is absolutely amazing. It is an, a a very specific and special place. You mm-hmm. don't have that experience anywhere else. And I'm not negating anywhere else. I'm no, not no. Trying to put down any other uh, no, other state, not. but yeah. At the end of the day, it is a very special place because yeah. you don't get there and you don't stay there unless you have the willingness and passion to learn about it. Uh-huh. And it's just amazing. It's amazing to think that you're in a in a spot like that. At, and at the fact that me. you appreciate all those academies bef- before you, Abe, is uh, yeah. that you walk by those every time and those guys are preceded you. Yeah, and, and uh, it takes a special person to be a warden. I think, you know, you've established that on the podcast. Yeah. It, it takes a special person to be willing to walk around in the night by themselves, facing armed indiv- individuals, learning about not only, hey, let's do law enforcement, knowing how to cuff a person, and, and following the law especially, but at the same time, intimately aware of animals behaviors mm. you know being aware of the surroundings it's just yes. it takes a lot to have that person yeah. and i was lucky my class was absolutely amazing i i was straightforward from the beginning that hey i did not know anything compared to these guys because most of my classmates grew up in hunting and fishing mm-hmm. and you know that's part of their culture and i respected right. that i made it clear that i was not i was more than fine with learning and you're, you're a blank canvas yeah so i would and there was times where Things you take it for granted sometimes growing in that. Oh, you know, no doubt. You know, no doubt. Would sometimes with the terminology I use exactly, on this podcast yeah. is I got to explain this to people. Yeah, you know, because people don't have that. 
And uh, there would be times where we'd be sitting in instruction, people would say, like, hey, say a certain word or terminology. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't know what to, what it meant. So I would have to raise my hand. And, yeah. it, and it, sometimes I would be drawn. I'd be, do I raise my hand here and just look dumb as heck? Or yeah. do I go up and talk to my roommate? And sometimes you just had to make that choice. If it was something super impar- somebody super important, I may not raise my hand and be like, hey, what do you mean by that? I yeah. may just wait till later. But for the most part, everybody's extremely understanding yeah. because... I do that with acronyms with the federal guys. Yes. Oh, my God. They just throw them out like nothing. Oh, like it's yeah. just... And I'm like... Like everyone knows it. Hey, wait a second here. <laughs> yeah. Can we go back yeah. to that acronym and tell I, me what that I means? I always opened with, hey, I'm not that bright. What does what, what that mean? Wow. Yeah. And it's yeah. fine. I mean, a lot of times if you can just... If you can admit that you just don't understand something, mm-hmm. I think that most people are willing to work with you. Yes. It's when you act like you know something and you don't. <laughs> That's when you look like a fool. <laughs> yeah. No no, no doubt, Abe. Yeah. No doubt. Been there many times, you know. But, but d- between the instruction at the school and my classmates, I mean, I was able to, to get this far because mm. of I, I mean, in part my willing to work, but for the most part is the support of the people around me. Yeah, the camaraderie yeah. that was, was fairly quick. I'm, I'm assuming once you got in the academy, you guys I'm, bonded yeah, pretty you, quick. Well, you're there five days a week. There's a lot of late nights. You're up yeah. for PT in the morning. Um, five o'clock in the morning, you got to be up for PT. You know, I was I was physically and fit. How many so. people went through this academy? Well, we started out with 31, and I believe we were left with 29. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, 29. It was 29. Yeah. Our graduating class. We had a couple of people drop out. A couple of people got eliminated or... Any, any leave, females in your say. class? Yeah, we had one female. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. It was a good class. Um, a lot of younger people. You see that? I guess they're doing another class now, and they're they're seeing that it's a lot of younger people. Game wardens don't. They're not going to be millionaires. I think we both know. No. That. Yeah, they're, right. you're definitely not. But there's a passion there that it just. There's a quality of life. Yeah, uh, and it, there's plenty of times I'm driving around. I think they're paying me to do this. This is my job. <laughs> or I, I go for a, a, a you know a hike in the woods because uh-huh. I'm trying to learn the trails or I'm trying to make sure that nobody's up to anything. And I just look around. I'm like, yeah. I'm just gonna take a second because this is. This is my office. My mm-hmm. my nephew. I was trying to explain what I did. He's about he's thirteen now. But when I you know I started talking to him about it, so, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm like a police officer that walks around in the woods, and makes sure everyone follows the rules. See the law of the woods. Yeah, I'm the law of the woods, buddy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. The academy was interesting. Then you got for field training. After you learn the uh, the land management, all that uh, that aspect, then you start doing the more police work. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning more about the law, handcuffing, that kind of stuff. Um, and then you go out for 10 weeks of field training with officers and um, in three different spots. I was lucky because I think they worked, you know, they put a lot of thought where you're going and what you're doing. So mm-hmm. my first one was in a more um, residential urban area or suburban, I should say. Yeah. And then moved out to the second one. And then the third one was really... Rural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, that was... They broke you in gently. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. And it was but you're awesome. a farm boy. You were on a farm. I worked on a farm. Yeah. yeah people don't find it hard to believe sometimes, and, but... You know, that's yeah. a connection you can make with farmers, too, because it's about making that connection. Yeah. And you have that basic knowledge that about farming. Yeah. And it surprises some people, because they'll be like, oh, is that a Jersey or, you know, a Jersey... Yeah. I'm talking about a cow, I should yes, say. Yes, that's yeah. a is cow. That a Jersey, Jersey cow? or Guernsey. Yeah. Or, yeah. You guys do that. You make your own hair. You, you bail it yourself. And, you know, like people are just like, why do you even know any of this? Yeah. Like, so yeah. it's it's surprising, but yeah. 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 I think you're, you're surprising too. And we talked about, you know, connecting 
what you've learned, your job, and bringing it back to the concrete jungle. And how do we get those people connected? How do they get them to understand? You know, when you talked about hunting in my pre-interview, you're the whole package because you get it. It's not just about killing. It's about, you know, um, doing the, the whole circle of it. It's about the experience. It's about the, the quality of your food, knowing where your food comes from knowing that you processed it, knowing that it's wild. And, you know, I just, that, that just uh, impressed upon me. And then to bring that back into the Yonkers, uh, how, how do we reach those people? I don't know. I've wondered that. Um, spending time, I honestly think that children at a young enough age mm-hmm. gravitate towards that anyway. I mean, it, who, what kid doesn't want to spend the time outdoors? You ever yeah. find a kid that isn't distracted by television or video games that wants to be stuck inside? On a beautiful day? Absolutely not. Every kid wants to be outside. Every kid wants to be doing something. And if you can get them interested enough in any aspect of the outdoors, hunting aside, I mean, hunting's great. It teaches you responsibility. It teaches you sacrifice. It teaches you how to be in tune with nature at the same time. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't have to be hunting to get somebody outside. It teaches you to appreciate that. Yeah. And it does. And the quality of life. It's just people think that hunting, like you said, is just about killing. And it's not. There's plenty of times people don't harvest an animal mm-hmm. or they choose not to. I mean, right. they pass up and it's because you're not going to do justice to the animal if you take a bad shot. We all know that. Any hunter that's taken a bad shot it, and is a good ethical hunter, mm-hmm. it is absolutely one of the worst feelings in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worse. Yes. And it, nobody wants to go through that. Nobody wants to put that no. animal through that because you have respect for that. Mm-hmm. If you can get that across to people, you know, we have we have a very distinct way of looking at killing animals in this in nowadays you know and we like to disassociate ourselves from our food you know you where do you get where do you get food you go to a grocery store you right. go to a supermarket and the animal's already butchered and prepared but wrapped in cellophane yeah and, and how much respect do you show for the animal that way you know you have yeah. no clue how it was treated you have no clue where it was came how it was harvested or where it came from yeah, or what it ate exactly or even the essential parts of its biology just everything about it you know mm-hmm. a deer hunter knows intimately about a deer Knows yeah. not only their behavior, not only what's right or wrong or how to treat them, but just everything about their body, everything mm-hmm. about their anatomy. Mm-hmm. You don't get any more love or appreciation than knowing everything about something. Being connected to yeah. it. Yeah, just being yeah. there. But even so, spending time in, wood, in the woods is, is another aspect. We had talked about that. Yeah. Just, your time flies because I honestly believe that's where we belong. We're not supposed that's to That's where we started. Yes. We're not supposed to be inside buildings or concrete jungles because that's something that we made. We're, yes. And we're not from that. We are right. we are from nature. We're supposed to be out in it. And that's you know? why it makes us that spiritual connection. Yeah. Well, there's there's plenty of evidence that shows that, um, you know, scientifically that spending time in nature has positive benefits to our health, mm. you know, uh, lowered blood pressure and so forth. But I mean, just that that aside, any kid would rather spend time. And I, I have family and friends that are that are still there, that are still in that concrete area. And me and, and you're trying to reach them. Yeah, you're trying and to I expose do. And I said, any, any picture of any wildlife I have, anytime yeah. I deal with bears, especially in the area I'm at now, uh, you know, I send it to my, my sister or my niece, and she's absolutely into it. She loves it. You know, uh, the gang commission makes posters about birds, you know, not uh-huh. only raptors, but just songbirds. Yeah. My niece has every one of them, every one of them, because I've given it to her. Awesome. And we built bluebird boxes, and she has them posted up on her on her wall. And she sits, she actually has a journal, that she keeps tracks of the birds that come into her yard. Awesome. Now, how do you get that to someone if you're not willing to put it out there? You know, mm-hmm. if you don't know, that's fine. But I'm more than willing to connect anyone with right. anyone else that would 
be able to get them into that because and, it, and it's us that grew up in the outdoors and everything that we, we, we can't see that other side and I don't think we have we, we don't have that connection that you do well one of the things that at the academy when we first got there was um, they had us do a PowerPoint presentation on kind of why we're wardens why mm-hmm. we even want to be here why we're willing to go through the why use individuals weeks. or yeah, why okay. us as individuals or uh-huh. even there and a lot of guys you know they would this is my favorite type of hunting one guy did a presentation on you know he loves honey turkey that's his thing turkey hunting is his passion and it was a great presentation i learned a lot from it but that wasn't why i was there i took i sat on my in my apartment when i went home to visit my wife and i took pictures of deer that were walking around in the woods behind my apartment complex Uh uh-huh and robins that were out on my patio eating bird seed thankfully we don't have any bears i don't have to worry about not feeding birds (laughs) but now you're connected to the bear now i get it now i get it a lot more but you know i took pictures of those and i put those in my presentation because that's when i knew that's the appreciation I had. Yeah, I'd lo- I love to go hunt, obviously. Uh-huh. But at the same time, when you wake up every day and you don't get to go hunt every day, what do you appreciate about nature? It's the things you see every day that, you know, that's around you. Yeah. And I put that out there. I, I felt foolish. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm taking pictures of deer walking around and there's an apartment complex and a car sitting right near them. Yeah. Or Robin sitting on my porch and I'm jerking coffee in the morning. But yeah. that's what I had. And that's what I appreciate about nature. That I want that. You know, even if that's all I can get, that's what I want. I but want that to make was sure your connection to a greater yeah, purpose. To a bigger thing. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't have... Not everyone has moose or elk walking around their backyard. Not no. everyone lives in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't afford to. Sometimes you have to work in a, a warehouse. But that's what you enjoy. So right. why not? You know, why can't that be something? Right. So I put that out there and... You know, I felt foolish, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I got, you know, uh, commendations like, hey, you know, I never thought about it that way. I've grown up in the country all my life. I've always been out in the woods. But to see someone say, hey, you know, that's that's wildlife. You know, Robin is wildlife. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's still vivid. Why would it not be? It's like there. It's the connection that got you out of that. Yeah. Into something bigger. Yeah. I just. So it was, I don't know. You you have to. Wildlife reaching out to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a powerful thing. It really is. I, I did a, an interview with a wildlife artist, Grant Hacking, and just to capture those things and put them on a wall so you can see them every day, and, and maybe in Yonkers, that's what people look at is the wildlife on their wall, and that, but it gives that connection to a bigger thing. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it, it's pretty neat to see it I, you know i just had a question not too long ago uh, a young warden asked me you know hey c- can i have some hints on catching poachers and my biggest hint that i learned young was to let the young guys do what they do because sometimes they see it through different eyes and a poacher that i haven't caught in years when they look at that problem they take it from a different angle and next thing i know they're catching a guy i've been after for years yeah and it's step back and let fresh eyes take it and let some new knowledge. And I learned that by doing it because my lieutenant kind of let me do that. He, he wanted me to fail and all of a sudden I succeeded, you know? And he's like, well, I never looked at it from that angle. Uh, you know, I, I learned by him trying to get me in there. And, and we, we get predisposed as game wardens to how this is oh, done yeah. and this is done and yeah. that is done. So, and, it, and it fights you when you watch a young guy try to do something that you think is wrong you really want to fix it and you want to but I, I try not to and I've seen you know unbelievable cases coming out of something that I would have done differently and guess what I would have never made it so I, I think it's, it's it's great to look at it you know like you said you connected this is what I have this is what I'm doing this is my presentation this is where I came from guys this is you know it's not where I want to be but this is where I came from and this is the love of this stuff 
brought me here to you. And, and then to be that sponge, to, to look at it through new eyes, everything in an academy, that's that, that's awesome. Because we take it for advantage because we grew up hunting with our dads and our grandfathers. And My roommate was like that. He um, He's from Western Pennsylvania. Amazing, amazing guy. Amazing trappers. But he, yes. he knows the woods. Like he grew up in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatest compliment I've ever gotten in my life is from graduating when we were graduating, we had a, a get-together, and he had told me, it's amazing w- how much stuff that you you could take in. Like, you are a hard worker. And that was probably the greatest compliment I've ever gotten from a, a, a woodsman, because to say that I could take in and learn as much as I did. You know, obviously, mm. I, I didn't learn everything. I mean, there's, oh. there's stuff, there's so much information right. coming at you, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not that bright to, mm-hmm. to be able to learn exactly verbatim everything I learned. But at the end of the day, I mean... Oh, yeah, I learned a lot. I learned mm-hmm. a lot, you know, from the teachers, from my classmates, and I was willing to. And that, that's, that's the why. willingness. I was yeah. going to say that the willingness that's, to learn. Yeah, you know, rather than having already, I know this, I know that, I know how to hunt deer, I know how to hunt bear, I know everything about. You can them. always learn something. Yeah, absolutely. You can always learn something, and that's the cool thing about nature is because it's not fixed in a certain way. We all know that everything mm-hmm. changes all the time. The only uh, constant is change in in life. So yes. the ability to to look at something differently, or take someone else's opinion, or you know, ask Adapt. a trapper, ask any trapper how he sets a trap. Right? You ask three more trappers, <laughs> it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Yeah, what they're looking for, what they're mm-hmm. setting up for, how they want to catch the animal, mm-hmm. what they think is the animal is going to do, mm-hmm. it's different. And it doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about. It just means that they have a different setup. They have a different way they want to go about the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of being a warden. You know. Yeah. We all look at things and we all say, oh, well, if we set up on this hill, no warding. You've ever asked, I've asked three or four different guys, how do you think I should do this? How do you think I should do this operation? Hey, man, I don't know. You tell me. Mm-hmm. And it, it always is different. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you could set up there. Jeez, I never even thought about that. Right. You know, I never even thought about dressing up in camp. I never even thought about getting out of the truck and sitting there all night. I, you know, there's right. five different answers, but none of them are right. None of them are wrong. Right. There's just a w- different way to solve the problem. Exactly. And what's the most efficient way to solve that problem yeah. for yeah. that problem? Because yeah. it's everything's different and, you know, yeah, no, that's cool. So uh, graduating that academy had to be a pretty proud moment for you and your family. It was. It was, um, I, you know, I would, I never got too excited. I, I'm kind of like that. I never get too excited about something just because, you know, I guess the letdown. So throughout the whole academy, I'd say if. Yeah. I wouldn't say when I'd graduate. I would say if, you know, hey, uh, who knows? Maybe they'll kick me out tomorrow. I don't mm-hmm. know. My wife would get so angry at me. Mm-hmm. But I'd say if. Mm-hmm. I got to graduation, um, and it was cool because, you know, I, I my grand, my grandparents had played a big little part in my life. And my grandfather was a police officer down in Guyana. Neat. And, um, you know, he's he's been dead for a couple of years. So I had my uncle, who's a lieutenant colonel, actually get to pin my badge on. And he came all the way from California. I remember being super nervous about it, too, because uh-huh. I was, you know, I knew I was graduating. And I had called him one night while I was walking around in the, in the academy. We had had some free time, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to ask him because it's a big deal to come all the way from California. It takes time. He's it, a busy a big guy. Deal. Yeah, you know, it was and a big I, deal for him yeah, to do that. And I did, and it, it was nothing. It was like, of course, I asked him, hey, you know, w- mm-hmm. during our ceremony, I'm going to have somebody pin on my my badge, you know, hand it to me and everything. Can can you do it? You know, it'd mean a lot. And you know, you you served our country for 20 years, and mm. you know, I'm really proud to to serve in the way I can. And of course, and I just, my whole family was there. My in-laws came, everyone, my wife, my wife has supported me so much throughout the whole entire process. And she was extremely proud. She still is. Yeah. And is extremely proud of what I do because 
I mean, it brings her to tears to even say it. Like, I'm protecting our wildlife. I'm protecting our resource. I'm protecting nature. And like mm-hmm. my nephew said, I'm the law of the woods. You are the law of the woods. Yeah, and it's just, it's amazing. But behind every warden is is his family. Mm-hmm. You know, No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And it is extremely proud. They were all very, very... <laughs> I still have to explain what I do a lot of times to my parents because uh-huh. they... We, they just never had that interaction, you uh-huh. know, hunting or fishing or any any anything like that. But they hear stories and they watch Northwoods Law, and that kind of yeah. that kind of helps. Kind of connects them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's done a lot, and that's uh, I'm trying to just uh, embellish on that, <laughs> yeah. so uh, people can get the behind the scenes and you know the stuff they don't see on TV. And well, it's not always it's not always sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> like, that's, that's one way to put it, but. It, as with anything, anything worthwhile is really hard. Mm-hmm. Nothing easier is, is worth it. I mean, you know, easy come, easy go, right? That's a saying. So if every day was sunshine and rainbows being a warden, why yeah. wouldn't everybody, everybody be Everybody would have done it. Yeah. I, that's the problem is I only remember the sunshine and rainbows. I well, don't remember freezing my tail off. Well, uh, no, I mean, I, there, there's certain <laughs> points where I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Well, in the academy, one of the things we had to do is um, we got sprayed by our mace yeah like our, our pepper spray. Yeah. yeah yeah and the, the reasoning obviously is because if you're going to do it to somebody else you should know what it is right. and if it ever gets turned on you you should be able You'd to be able to fight to, through it exactly mm-hmm. and let me tell you it was one of the most horrific experiences i've ever had in my life and i've i've run marathons i've done ultra marathons i've done things like that where i put my body through the rigor you know just yeah. but but that brought us closer together, and there's now times still where we t- I see my classmates, and you remember that time when we had the OSA? Oh my God, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. The hard times is really what tests you. Yes. The e- you never hear somebody say, "Oh man, those that time when I got to sleep in that hammock all day and I got to eat all the ice cream I wanted." <laughs> that really showed me the type of man I was. That's right. You know, all the all the I'll say old timers, and I'm putting that in quotation marks. All yeah. those guys that I talk to, it's the hard times that really test them and show them where they're at, what they're worth. Mm-hmm. And you never hear them say, oh, that guy, he was really worth it because you know what he did? He sat in his office all day when it was real cold. <laughs> I've never heard that statement. Never. Some of us get to do that when the years come up. Still, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not as much on the negative 30 days. Yeah. So. But yeah, so um, and now you're assigned to? Uh, Monroe County. So, uh, so like the Poconos? Yeah, Poconos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A love capital of the United States. Is that what it is? I, I didn't know. know that. That's a good one. <laughs> I just I, that should that be up. our title. Yeah. Right, I'll bring that back up. <laughs> That's now we right. have Pocono Raceway there, which is pretty popular. Mm-hmm. We get thousands of people coming in uh, for the races. So that's gigantic. And you um, have a huge bear population there too. Huh? Yeah, we do. We do have a have huge bear Have you had encounters with those? Oh, yeah. yeah um, on a regular basis, huh? Yeah, uh, quite a bit. And I do a lot of trapping. Uh, like I've, I've only been in the district since February, so a couple months now. But, so uh, you, you were there when they all woke up. Yeah, yeah. And I got to participate in the bear denning. I made it very clear in the academy that I love wildlife. Yes. So, you know, some people say, oh, the bears, you got to deal. There's a lot of work involved with bears. There is. Absolutely. And I would be lying if I said there wasn't. But mm-hmm. that's part of the allure. I mean, yes. how many times can you wake up in a, ever and say, hey, you know what I got to do? I could put my hands on a bear today, a 600-pound bear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not a casual conversation kind of thing, except no. if you're a warden, you know. It, yeah. yeah. Usually, you're, it's Some people only dream of, you know, working with a black bear like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's, it, I, I've worked with, and I've trapped a few of them already, and, you know, we do all the processing here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, you drug them, you yeah, tag them. Yeah, we do them, the drugging and, and get all the information. Them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, if there's been some hairy incidents and there's been some really easy ones. And mm-hmm. probably one of my most fulfilling aspects so far, obvious aside, is getting is adding to the research pool because that's how we make our hunting right. seasons and you know our our limits. Because that's important data that it, you're it is. getting to pass on to the biologists yes. to make decisions. And they're the busy term. enough, so I mean, anything that we can help. Right. But, um, my probably my most rewarding aspect so far is that my first hunter ed course uh, i had my my instructors there uh-huh. and um the night before i dropped a bear and it was a i want to say a 200 pound bear it was moderately sized for monroe county because we produce on average i think like four or five out of the top 10 heaviest bears in pennsylvania so uh-huh. we make big bears in, in monroe county but um i brought a bear to my hunter ed course and, and before everyone freaks <laughs> oh. out and thinks, oh, dear God, this guy brought the... No. That's we had awesome. it in a library. Yeah. And I never told the kids there's going to be a bear. I just said, hey, I might have a surprise for you guys later. Yeah. You know, pay attention in class. And then we'll, once we have a break, you know, guys come outside. And cool. it was probably one of my favorite aspects of it because you had these kids that are willing to be there on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, what kid wants to be inside a library on a Saturday if they don't have to be? Yeah. And they're giving up their time and their effort. And you had the parents there to support their kids. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I'm pretty hands-on. I think, I like I said, yeah. if you want people to get into it and you really want them to appreciate it, you got to give them a reason. We need to bring a bear to Yonkers. Well, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how well that would work out. I don't know how long that bear would last. But those kids got on that bear. I mean, I, I made sure that it, obviously it was safe. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, the the kids, you know, hey, who wants to put ear tags in? Can you record these numbers? Hey, take a look at this. This is how we're going to do this. This yeah. is why we do this. Hey, this is, I'm taking this tooth. Who wants to take care of it for me? What an experience for those kids. Yes, exactly. And that's how I looked at it. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. I added a little bit more time to that Hunter Ed course that yeah. day. And I'm but sure it, you, you told them why we do this. Yes, and why? You know, and they got to do it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm I'm real hands-on. Hey, man, you want to put these tags in? Mm-hmm. But why do we put tags on? So we can track them. So I know later on just how old they are. Hey, you're going to do this? Okay, hey, give me a hand. You see these paws? Help me move it over. Hey, you guys are picking it up, putting it back in the trap. Come on. Like, you don't get to do anything for free in life. Get on here. You got to yeah. do some work. And some hands on. Yeah, and you, you know, obviously I didn't force anybody that didn't want to do it, but you had kids that were just the smile on their faces. And they're yeah. going to remember that for the rest of their life. Even if they don't hunt, yeah. even if they don't trap, even if they never want to spend any time in the woods, they're going to remember that. Yeah, it you was know? a wildlife experience exactly. that's going to be branded in their brain yeah. forever. And, you know, and the fact that it was up there on Hunter Ed. Yeah. You know, that's never, I, it's not about me. It's about the fact that they got to have a one-on-one experience with a wild animal. Mm-hmm. How, how much better can you get than that? Yeah. You know, who else got to say that when they went back on Monday? What did you do this weekend? <laughs> oh, I picked up a bear. Yeah. Yeah. We well, had to take care and put ear tags in it yeah. and then we had to put it back in, you yeah. know. Oh, you guys didn't have to do that? Geez, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, you just you hung know, out around know. the pool? Yeah, okay, I want to see my yeah. photos? Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. It's just great to be part of that. Yeah, it's, it's great connecting those people to that type of thing. Yeah. And it makes it personal. So I, I, I think you're, you're an awesome asset, Abe, just coming from where you came from and bring yourself there. The enthusiasm you bring, the, the passion you bring, um, you know, that's what Mark, Mark and I talk about is uh, the, the next generation of game wardens, and, and you're it, man. You're it. We're going to be very proud to pass the baton on to people like you. So, I appreciate that. And, yeah. and your, your classmates, Mark speaks very highly of everybody that My came class up through. Was, the 31st class was but, amazing, I'll tell yeah. you that, yeah. But connecting to those people that don't get connected to, I mean, that's that's what I'm hoping this podcast does and hopefully generate some interest in those places that don't get reached a whole lot and maybe get some other guys just like you to come out and say, hey, 
I want to be a game warden. If that I looks can like do a it, cool job. If I can do it, anyone can. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I see it. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, if, right? It's always the if, not when. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I can do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah anybody I, can. I would have rather had when. When, when, when well, I do when this. When I do it? When yeah. I, when I graduate this I'm academy. Here, you know? yeah. Yeah. You're here. You're done. And, and I really appreciate you. I know why Mark pointed me in your direction. Well, you, you're bringing a lot to this. And uh, I, re- I really enjoyed it, uh, looking at it from a different angle. Uh, where you came from, where you're going. So Pennsylvania is an awesome place to be a game warden. Yeah, and it is. You, it is we'll, we'll, we'll do another podcast in 10 years, and you'll have some pretty awesome stories, uh, similar to Mark, I'm sure. Working with bear, deer, poachers, it, it, it's an awesome career. And uh, it's, it's awesome and inspiring, I think, for everybody else that wants to get into this, to listen to your story. Maybe people that are on the, on the edge, you know, saying, geez, I'd like to do that, but I don't think I can. Because I didn't grow up in it. I don't know that. You just have to be willing to work. You can get anything you want. My parents came from other countries and were willing to work. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe that if you're willing to put yourself out there and admit when you're not, the best right. you can. I mean, you can do anything in this country. So, right. I mean, and then you took that hard work, work and then you, you brought, what do I want to do? What makes it personal to me? What, what, what has an impact long-term, you know, you, you turn that hard work into something personal and connected it to wildlife, you know, well, in Yonkers with yeah. the Robin and the, the deer in between the apartment <laughs> houses that, that it brought you there. So, Hey, thanks for taking the time out, Abe. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, I look forward to watching your career as you go through. Thanks. I appreciate it. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.